Hi, and welcome home. My name is Roxy, and it is a real pleasure to meet you here again. Every week, I bring amazing people that created masterpieces with their lives. This conversation would not be about how they did it, but about who they had to become, to be an energetic match to the life they are living now. We will tune into the stories, the journey, the duality, and what makes them who they are. So through this episode, may your inner self be revealed to you, and let's return home. Hello! Hi! How are you again for the second time, as we didn't talk before, you know? <laughs> no words were spoken before we no, started. Just looking yeah. at each other. <laughs> we're about to go down. <laughs> okay, I'm so happy you're here. I'm going to take the time. Okay, recognize me. I'm going to take the time to introduce you to everyone who's going to listen to this podcast and the live stream right now. Or in, if you are into the after party vibe, anyone, just say hello even. We're going to watch the comment. We're going to watch everyone. We're going to come in and engage with you. And I just want to introduce you because I know you. People are going to feel like we know each other for like life. But some people don't know each other, you know, that we know also each yeah. other. <laughs> so I'm going to introduce you. And I'm going to read it because... This introduction that my team made, or is it you? Did you send it? Or I sent it. Yeah, I sent it. The introduction you made is like world-class introduction. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to read it. <clears throat> Ready for this? So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is not her saying this. This is me. <laughs> okay, so Vic. Victoria is a seven-figure psychic business and brand mentor for sensitive entrepreneurs and high performers. And she's really a high performance too. She's an energy healer and intuitive channel to assist with humanity's turning of age and works closely with her clients to develop their spiritual gift, scale their businesses, and build their life, the life of their dreams. So you know why she's here, right? Because we have so much in common. <laughs> I love you so much. So, and now I'm going to make my own introduction, like coming from my own embodiment of how I see you, because we met during another program. <laughs> and we just like, like two girls in school spotting each other in class. Like I see you. And you know, when you're <laughs> commenting in the chat in Zoom, like, hello, I see you in the classroom. Like we were commenting and really like girly, just vibing with each other. And what I really was found about you and the first thing that just called me in is this kind of embodiment of power that you hold, like this, this, this presence and this graciousness and this majestic, like you're a living embodiment of what it's like to be graceful, but at the same time, powerful, you know, it's like the queen. It's like, it's, you hold yourself and the way you do things. And the second thing that just like this, that was the thing that made me like catch my attention. But what made me fall in love with you is you're no... Like, you're not holding back on the fact that you love to perform. Like, you're a performer, you know? Mm -hmm. And I am one. Like, everyone who's in here, they know I'm a dramatic person. I love to just do things. I'm a dancer at the same time. Like, I, I wish I could sing. I don't. But, like, there is this kind of, like, I love this about you. Like, this this stage present and this, this embodiment of, like, wanting to put your brand as the world is our stage. And we're dancing on it. And it's our job as leaders to just show who we really are and not holding back. And that's the thing, like your full embodiment of grace and majestic was the thing of like, you got my attention now. But the thing that made you made me fall in love with you is really this connection with like, okay, she's owning the shit. Like she's owning it. She doesn't want to pretend like she's shy or anything. Like she want to have a place in the world. 
She want to just contribute to this. She has a message. She want to bring something to the world and she's not holding back anymore. And I love this. I love it. I love this so much. So this is why you're here. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for seeing me in such a, like, in, an astounding reflection. It's always so interesting receiving other people other people's perspectives of you because the things mm -hmm. that you see in me are the things that I'm constantly working on internally. I'm working on my right. personal power all the time. I'm working on my relationship with control so I can mm -hmm. drop in more grace. Like I am authenticity is so important to me and having been a professional performer for 25 years of my life, I can't, you can't take the actor out of the girl, but you can make sure that the person who's acting is the most authentic version of me. And that's mm -hmm. something I have had to do a ton of work even now mm -hmm. on constantly. So I appreciate that reflection because it's, it's the hardest pieces that I've been looking at within myself. Mm, let's talk about this because this is the interesting, right? What people like our projections sometimes are really like, not on the same timeline as what we're internally feeling and seeing about ourselves, right? It's like, what I see about you is actually your own flip side of what you're working through. Yep. Right? Yep. So yep. what was your own journey with that? Because what you've been saying is actually what most people in here are like, this is what I'm going through, actually. Mm -hmm. For me, it, in my journey, I learned through developing my psychic gifts that every part of my psychic gift that I was unlocking was coming from the flip side of me blocking it from unlocking it. So for example, I'm extremely clairsentient. My ability to be able to tap into energies is super simple. It's as easy for me as breathing. And mm -hmm. that was something that to the flip side of it was my greatest challenge, absorbing other people's energies. As an actor, they call it being a method actor where I would almost become the character on stage and then not be able to stop being that character off stage. Oh. It's how some of the greatest actors of our time, like Heath Ledger, can go to these like huge heights in a character yeah. and then lose their sense of identity. And mm. so the flip side of me growing into my clairsentience was having to look at these deeper layers of pretending to be somebody else and chameleoning into other people's archetypes and not understanding the difference between compassion and empathy. And so when I looked at that and mm -hmm. I integrated that, then boom, it was like, whoa, spirit's here. It mm -hmm. was suddenly like I could just feel and intuit and sense spirit right off the bat. Same thing went with my clairvoyance. When it came to truly seeing, I had to see all of the things that I was avoiding seeing in my human existence. And then the moment that that dark night of the soul happened, I had true sight. So it's like once I looked at where I was blind, I could finally see. Mm. Oh, I love it. I remember this because that was not my clear sentience that developed first. That was my clear uh, voyance. Like, um, to see about it. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Uh, the first one was hearing, but I, I always heard like things like I, I never blocked it. I just thought I was like having a problem. <laughs> but this was just like, you know, oh, someone's talking to me. Okay, that's okay. I'm just going to live with my like imaginary friends that has been there since I'm born, you know, and that's it, you know, but the, the, I, everyone thought that I was a little bit crazy when I was young. So I, I just, I, it was okay for me, like the thing that was seeing in my ears, but where it was really developing for me is this, this clear seeing things and when it it opens up for me it's i was reading a book 
And the book was saying like, it, it's the Teta healing. I was doing Teta healing like five years ago. And, you know, you go into the seven planes and then when you, you met the seven planes, you can have the truth. But I couldn't, I was stuck at the sixth and I'm like, what the fuck, you know, what, what the actual fuck. <laughs> and this, <laughs> like one, one more plan, you know, like do, or let's, let's do something yeah. like, <laughs> like, let's just go there. And I, I was having this and, and I went into it with my mentor and she said, you know, you cannot choose which truth you're going to receive in the seventh plane. Are you willing mm -hmm. to receive the truth no matter what is the truth? Are you willing? I'm like, what, which truth am I going to see? And she said, this is the thing. I think your virtue of compassion has to rise up in order for you to go into the seventh plane because you have to be willing to meet a client, meet someone and see their darkest truth too, not just the lightful truth. Are you willing for this? And when I said yes to this, first thing, the universe is like, oh, yeah, let's go through it. I have a client and then I see the whole spectrum of truth. And I see that person was um, not only like betraying her wives, but like was uh, pornographic, like child pornography, having mm -hmm. child pornography. And I'm like, that is that is what they talk about, like the compassion to be there because that's my client. That's not like the husband of someone. And I'm like, that's my client and seeing the full spectrum. That's not what she's saying to me, but that's the whole embodiment of who she is right now, you know? And I think like, this is where like, it was not like a blind thing about myself, but are you willing to open your heart to see the full spectrum of people and not be afraid? Yep. You know? Yep. To completely understand that this reality has opposites, no matter what conversation we're having. Yeah. Yeah. And so in a world of opposites, our role as well, my role as a channel is to be able to stay objective in the conversation I'm having, even if it's hard for me to deliver and even if it's harder for them to receive. Mm. And so in the beginning, the beginning of my awakening was my guides say it was 2017. I think I was sleepy, sleepy. I was gone. I was, I was asleep. Victoria was not here. The truth of my awakening, I believe happened in about 2019, 2020. And it started with, well, it's true. I was not there. Victoria was not there. Um, shoot, I lost my train of thought. And I was it's excited. Like 20, your awakening. But what happened before that? The duality. The opposite of Okay. Okay. So <laughs> in 2020, my spiritual awakening happened. Yes. Okay. And I was that person online that was understanding of what was happening on a planetary scale that a lot of people weren't ready to hear. Mm -hmm. I was angry and I was frustrated and I had this true mm -hmm. sight about this shift in age and what that looked like from the media's perspective. And so I was very loud at first and mm -hmm. I lost a lot of people because I was loud at first and something shifted in me probably in the middle of 2022, actually, where I had transcended beyond what was right and what was wrong. Yeah. And I extended beyond trying to prove what was happening on this collective scale for those who are maybe holding more unconsciousness in their energy field. And through that rise of judgment and that perspective of this is right and this is wrong and you're wrong if you think this is right, then suddenly I was beyond duality and I was inside of neutrality. And that shifted everything for me because the way that I now navigate really anything in my life is it is what it is what it is. It is what it is, what it is. It, it, the, the sensations have a range. 
Mm. And I prefer sometimes to not go into certain ranges versus another, but like in an octave on a piano, all of the keys matter no matter which key we're playing. Yeah. Mm. Mm. That's good. Yeah, because most of the time we fight for the thing, for the key. Because this is the thing we say, like, this is the truth. But then there's a whole spectrum that creates the truth also. And and I love it. And I love it. And what was your, because let's be honest, we're talking in like, I, I my own like breakthrough was also like beginning 2022 too, about like this beyond this rage of like, oh my God, people are not seeing it. Like what is happening here? Like, but it, it, it was not just collectively. That was just like, for me, the journey is less collective than you. It's always collective, but like this kind of path, my vocation is more like this relationship with this kind of breaking down the barrier to just really coming back in unification with the, with ourselves, you know, like it's more individual kind of path. Does it make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I'm like people, isn't people like understanding who the fuck they are? Like, we're not just human. What the fuck? Like, like the, the thoughts and the energy, like there was this kind of rage happening into which like people not understanding our true power, not just power as an ego drive. I mean, who we are is fucking powerful. Like when you understand the mind, when you understand the energy, so that was my kind of understanding. I was kind of trying to prove to people like, and bring people with me within my truth right? Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of energy. But why I'm saying this, I'm coming back to the, the first thoughts that I had was, what was your own process of releasing? Or what was the kind of story that had to shift for you? Because let's be honest, when you're into it, there's this kind of, it's not just an ego trip, it's more like an identity thing where you just want so much for people to understand it, mm -hmm. right? So what was your shift about it? Like, how can you shift from I'm right to I'm moving into the whole spectrum of righteousness, you know, and like, yeah, I would say that the thing that's coming through is that it, it saved my life, but it didn't have to save somebody else's. And maybe the key that I unlocked didn't have to be someone else's key. And mm -hmm. that was probably the biggest shift because any person who has ever went through a spiritual awakening, which is what's happening on this planet, whether you want to believe that is true or not, has to go through the passage of the dark night of the soul. I believe that in, we go to seasons in our, in our nervous system, in our spiritual development, in the same way that we experience seasons on the planet. And so we go through the dark night of the soul. And then I believe that we passage into the spiritual awakening, the illumination, the purification, the realization, and then it turns into the hero's journey, the healer's journey as well, where now we take what we've learned from the winter that we've bloomed from the spring. And then we bring it into the summer element of being able to teach it in full fruition and maturity to those around us. And so for, for me, my experience had always been extremes. Like mm -hmm. I was either an extreme addict in every sense of that word, didn't matter what I was addicted to, whether it was pills or working or validation or winning or the flip side of that, which was that I was so physically disconnected from my human body that everything was about channeling higher dimensional information, connecting with extraterrestrial beings, downloading cosmic information for the collective. There was never the zero point where I was actually in the middle. Yeah. And so what changed for me was when my guide said that 2022 was the year of embodiment. And this is a buzzword that we hear in the industry, but the only people who are actually doing unbelievable things are the ones that are actually in their body. <laughs> 
we take all the courses, we take in all this information. Great. Plug that into your mind. That's fine. But for it to actually land in your nervous system, it has to passage through the chakras in the physical body. And so when I understood that, but then I moved it into my nervous system where now I understood that my mind was the past, my body was the present, and then my soul was the future. And then to bring them all together in the now moment was what actually allowed me to kind Mm -hmm. of integrate it through my chakras. That's when I started to feel like, oh, now (laughs) I'm in this neutral place because I wasn't trying to excavate my body through higher dimensional cosmic wisdom. And I wasn't so caught in my physical body that I didn't feel a purpose totally. And I didn't feel connected to God at all or universe or source. Now I'm like, oh, I I get it. I'm both. Like I found the harmony and the balance of both being extraterrestrial in nature and also very, very much uh, a part of nature. Yeah, I love it. And I think I'm like you. So I did the kind of trifecta of intensive, like going fucking going crazy into the mind, going crazy into the energy and body and going crazy into the soul. And that was this kind of edge of like learning and being like eager to learn to evolve. But the thing for me was always like living into one world without embodying like the trifecta inside of me. You know, it's like there was always this kind of like trinity into which like I, I, I remember always saying to my husband, I feel like I live in three worlds. I don't know. Like, and I was always building into one world without bringing both like others. I know it's an illusion because we're all of it, but like consciously in my consciousness, there was not this embodiment of, of the, the, the Trinity of things. Does it make sense? Yeah. I think this is where it's so much important. And I love it when you said like this, I think it's really important for everyone listening to this, like your body's in the now. Your mind is in the past and your soul is in the future. But when you bring it in neutral, you're everywhere. You yeah. are becoming the quantum living in the human because you embody every timelines. Yep. You know? And it's not That's about it. just choosing one. Being in the present is not just being in the body. It's bringing all timelines in the now. And this is yep. what it's, it's being an embodied kind of thing. And I love it when you said like, because it's so easy to sell teaching but it's 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 just another dimension to live it, to experiment it, and to become it. It's yep. not the same. You can experiment a teaching without becoming it. Yep. It's yep. it's so different. Everyone is saying, mm, powerful. Love this conversation. Love it. Ooh, I love this conversation. Are you like telling my story right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is where, and I everyone who's listening right now. Where are you? Are you more like into the past timeline, the future? Like, where are you living? Let's be honest in here. Like, how can you bring it back to this neutral place where, and I think this is the thing that we love. And for me, what I had to heal about this is like, this is where masculinity kick in, like brings it it's back because it's easy to feel always on the edge because you feel a drive to be fully in the body and letting go of the rest, to be full in the mind. Like there's this edge that you can go and you can flow, but it's so not sustainable, but at the same time, you're always like creating this kind of, um, for me, I call it the vortex of chaos because you're always moving and never having a, a ground into which build something because you cannot just live in one. You're, you're meant to live like integrated and embody. You're absolutely meant to be multidimensional and a walking contrast all the time. And when you understand <laughs> that, then you can have power over that. Hmm. Right. When we have our awareness on something, then now we have our free will. 
if we're unconscious to something, it's like, it doesn't matter how many times I tell you that we're going through a shift of age or that your thoughts create your reality. You're like, like people don't get it until the conscious mind actually becomes aware of it. Then we have choice, right? Then we can exercise our free will. Mm. (laughs) So true. It's so fucking true. This is like, how many people knows you need to take care of your fucking body. How many people go to McDonald's? Like it's, it's not about like knowing things. It is not, not anymore. We are not in the age of like information. It's not, it's, it's done. It's the age of like of this embodiment and moving back into this multidimensional. I'm living contrast this, this time. And yeah. And I think I'm in the past. I don't know. I think I'm, (laughs) some people are like, Oh, I don't know. I think I'm moving from a lot of timeline right now. Yeah. And I think it's so important to just be honest about where you are so you can bring it back. This is like Vic said, like bring it to your consciousness. I, I feel that a lot of us are playing in multiple dimensions and multiple timelines all the time. Yeah. Right? You and I could be having this conversation and someone has their full consciousness and then suddenly you said McDonald's and now they're thinking about what they wouldn't give to have a Big Mac right now. Now suddenly <laughs> they're in the future, right? Now they're in a completely different alternative universe where they're now imagining what it would be like to get in their car right now and go fuck up a Big Mac. Like it's been a day, right? And in yeah. what I've learned about this shifting of age, you may or may not know a term that people use for it called the age of Aquarius. Yeah. We're shifting back into more of our Atlantean energy where there was no divide. There were no gender stereotypes. There was no divide and you're this, I'm this, my color, your color. There was unification among diversity as opposed mm-hmm. to segregation and separation among diversity. And so in this new age. It is an age of information from one perspective because everything is at our fingertips. Yeah. The flip side of that is that we can be extremely informed and yet extremely uninformed. Yeah. We can be informed about what they want us to know and the information that we want to know, but Mm -hmm. to integrate it means that we have to unplug from the mass information. There has to be a level of detaching from the mass information to be able to be like, okay, now what's my truth? Like what works for me and what feels like an integrated truth that belongs through me? We take in a lot and we absorb a lot of information around us, but the true mastery is to be able to say, thank you for that. Let me peel that off. And then to filter that through my own thoughts, beliefs, feelings about that. I love it. But this is where most people struggle because they don't know how to actually claim what is your them, like theirs. Like the thing about it is I can give you so many things, but if you're waiting for this God's, like, I, I think most people, it's a conversation that comes through right now. It's like, they're still acting as a child waiting for the permission to be guided, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I know because I have kids and they look at me as I'm God, you know? It's, it's true. Like they look and they're like, what do we do? What's the answer here? What's the truth? If I say a banana is actually something that I don't know is there to make you powerful, they're going to believe me. I'm telling you, they're not going to challenge me. They don't question me. I can say whatever the fuck I want and it's the truth for them until it's not, you know? But I think most people will grow up like that. And then we don't graduate into this claiming power of choosing now, like the willpower of choosing what is right for us. 
And this is so interesting seeing my, because my daughter is two. So, you know, consciousness not fully like developed right now. It's more intuition things. And at the same time, really primal thing, like, you know, but my, my, my son is seven. So he's doing, he's transitioning into the second, you know, phase. And what is interesting in here is like guiding him into questioning himself, but is it resonating with me? Mm. Does this make sense with me? Do I want this? Like, this is my mother's truth, but do I want it? Is it me? Does it feel right in my body? But we're not thought like that. That was not like the old paradigm. And that's okay, you know. But I think what most people in our generation right now and where we're going is this transition into understanding that mm. we have the willpower to choose. There's actually no one truth. Like, this is the thing. And it's so subtle because even for us, sometimes we're looking at this. What's the truth in here? Well, yep. which truth do you want to bring in? You know? Yep. Yep. There's so many layers to that because yeah. everyone's truth is true. And that's the hardest thing to hold. It's like, well, that truth is freaking wrong. Like, period. That truth is wrong. Like, yeah. we don't we won't cause harm to other people. But from their truth, their reality confirms that is true. So can you mm -hmm. deny that somebody's truth is true when their thoughts and feelings and beliefs create their own mini universe that validates that is true? Yeah. You can't deny that that is their yeah. truth because it belongs to the reality that they see and when you think of it that way then it it liberates you because then you're not trying to control or thrust your beliefs upon their reality and in mm. that they may feel like hmm i want to learn from you but from an empowered place and we yeah. see a lot of this like god energy in the industry because we <laughs> give we give people this like gold star if they make more money if their brand looks cooler than us if they look like they have their shit together more than us and so we do the same thing we did with our parents our mm -hmm. inner children our wounded inner children look up to these yeah. individuals that we call god and then because we have a magnifying glass on them we find little imperfections that we can use as ammunition later we don't even realize we do it we see it with some of the most powerful leaders in the industry who yeah. People love them until, and that mm -hmm. happens with children and their parents as well. Like when your children get older, they're going to look back and go, mom wasn't a God here. And mom taught me this. And wow, I'm traumatized because mom did this. Like we do that exact same thing in this industry. But when yeah. we knock people off of this God pedestal and see them all as souls having a human experience, yeah. then in the context of your child, for example, it's like, Take away the label of mother. Who is she? She yeah. is a soul that has incarnated on this earth to play this role to support my healing. It's not she's up here. Mother has this like narrative of, of being above or having to protect and provide. And she's just another player in my game. Mm, I love it. Yeah. And actually, like what comes through is this. It's like sometimes I... I think being a mother with this consciousness and this new age is actually extraordinary because you see it with so many different lands. And I think you have a nephew or, or you, a niece. you yep. a niece. Yeah. yeah. And it's so beautiful to be part of their growing up. And I have a nephew too, you know, and it's like helping them move. But there's this kind of a, there's this kind of dance also into which like we have to help them understand things into which like, 
like don't put your hands on fire babe like <laughs> hurt. i don't want to just bring and project my own limitation that fire hurts but you know i just want to help you here you know like where's the limit into this and like letting him grow into his own world without interfering but at the same time like actually being into this free will of this is my truth and you have the free will of not believing it but that like this is still my truth like doesn't make sense like there's this kind of understanding of this and but i think where most people struggle with this my truth is my truth but your truth is your truth is we don't know how to co to to connect yep. and co-create when there's two different kind of truth we don't feel safe yep we don't yep. feel safe because our ego feels like it has to protect our truth it yeah. has something to defend but when mm -hmm. we recognize that that is an illusion like that there's no there's no actual separation a, a different a differing belief doesn't mean that we're any separate we're still cut from the same cloth no matter if you and i have completely similar mm -hmm. or completely alternative beliefs and so the unification process is recognizing what that makes us feel like when we feel separated from somebody because we don't have similar beliefs mm -hmm. and then the layer of compassion without empathy because empathy is like i'm becoming you and as sensitive individuals like that is so so dangerous yeah it's a exactly. disempowering it's it there's nothing like there's no proudness in being into your empathy because you just let go of your power to tune into the other one yep you you can connect without feeling what they feel you can open your heart and i love that you're bringing it here yeah in my experience i've, I've learned it the hard way yeah. you know i have challenging dynamics in my home life a lot of familial curses that i have somehow been able to clear them off of my my experience and so the detachment of being able to be compassionate for my family's situations um was what healed me it helped me because i can still feel and share their energy and have compassion and concern for them without absorbing and becoming them to the detriment of of my own personal sovereignty Mm, I love it. And I think everyone in here, and this is just so golden nuggets in here because this is what happened for real. When we're having different truth, we feel yep. separated. Yep. So it's to bring back the compassion that unify each other and brings us back home, actually. Because at the end, it's not this individual truth that separates us. It isn't. It brings us back together because we're we're all we're all part of this plan. We're all mattering. We're all belonging with each other. Yep. You know, like we, we belong with each other. I think this is the most beautiful thing. And as leader, if you're here, like this is, I was talking with this with one of my mentor and I said like, because she's really gracious with the leadership with differency, you know, differences. Like she's never like bringing any, she's really gracious in this kind of not separate suciousness when people try to separate from her and like, She's just kind of inclusive anyway, like this kind of graciousness. And I remember saying, I, this is something I had to learn because I tend to separate myself. Just saying like, that's okay. I accept that we don't have the same truth, but I still don't know. I didn't know at that moment how to connect with them and feel inclusive with them yep. if we're so different. Doesn't make sense. It's like, I need to, the fight or flight mode, the nervous system, like, let's just get out. I accept that you're there. I'm just not going to be with you. I'm just going to connect with you. But then you separate yourself because the truth is everyone is different, but everyone is the same, but everyone is different. It's such a, like a, a, a an evolutionary thing. Like yeah. this is bringing me back to like war times. Like you were this, I am this, like, we don't, we don't kiki, even if like we would, 
very easily get along. You know, even if there were things that could connect us, you're this, I'm this, we're separate. And mm. we, we do this, like the animal kingdom is such a great example. It's like, you don't often see a lot of animals, you know, intermingling all the time, like depending on which animals, which like some of them are predators, some of them are prey, like you got it, you know, and there is that energy that we hold as having the reptilian or the mind, right? Like we have the reptilian consciousness and the reptilian consciousness is always creating divide and separation. Mm. And so I do feel like it's in our primal essence to feel like, oh, we don't have a similar belief. That means that we could be at war. So I'm going to separate, mm. right? You could dominate, you could eat, you could, you could take over me. I'm going to separate. And that's where that defensiveness comes in almost like a peacock. Like I'm seeing like puffing their feathers to try to like, don't F with me, you know, or like a porcupine, right? Like, don't, don't do it. Like I've got, you know, mm. harp on my back, like that kind of energy, I think is, um, I think that's, what's blocking a lot of people in their businesses from evolving because they find certain things that they feel separate them, whether that's like a person in their money goal and their money evolution or a person in their brand or a person in their expression and their niche and suddenly creates more and more separation as opposed to more and more opportunity to exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I love this kind of space where when you learn to include yourself into this, this realm and to this difference, actually you feel for me that I, I remember saying to my husband when I met him, like, because we were already talking really deep with each other like eight years ago. And even if I was baby me and I remember saying to him, like, I think the most challenging things as a human is I always feel alone in my path. And I remember him saying, but you're choosing to be alone. And I'm like, who the fuck are you to say that? It's just like, you know, it's like, you're choosing to be alone. You're not letting people in. You're always on your guard. Like you're always protecting yourself. Like, you know, how to be with people, like physically be with them, but you're not being with them. Yeah. You're not holding your heart. And that was it because I'm telling you for me, like it's in so, so primal and like beginning phase at the same time, but it's this kind of under, Anyway, there's not enough problem in the world to have a new one at each level. But anyway, it's more like this recurring kind of thing where opening my heart and learning not to close it, you know, yep. with everything. That for me, that was with money. It's actually yep. really like strange. But I was having this dance of love and hate with money. I love you until it hurts too much to love you and not have one. So I'm going to hate you. It's, it's like, it's easier to hate you and not have you than to love you, to desire you, to make you important in my life and not have any in my bank account. Yeah. That was yep. hey, And then you create this whole illusion. Like money is not important, but then you just yeah. like, <laughs> you see how that's still working out for you. No judgment. Like, but it's, it's bringing me to something that my guides brought through recently because I have felt my entire life. Like I don't belong. Like I don't, I don't belong here. Like there have been times where I'm like, I am ready for my ship to come and get me. And <laughs> seriously, I'm good here. I think I've fulfilled my mission. Technically I probably failed. Like, let's go. And one thing that I was talking about with my guides was the, the three things that a star seeded soul comes with in their DNA, in their cellular structure, the things that we think separate us the most, but they're the things that bring us together the most. The first thing that they said was lack, always feeling like there's lack. We come from this 
dimensional reality. We come from a different incarnation where there was no lack. We had transcended beyond the vibration of lack. But for a lot of us, we came into worlds in this physical human body where we had lack of resources, lack of protection, lack of money, lack of support, lack of love. We came in consciously with a lot of lack to help us evolve the consciousness on this collective that holds a lot of lack. The second piece of that was abandonment. Yes. The abandonment. It's like, I I am always looking, my soul is always looking for reasons to feel like I don't belong here or that people always leave or that I'm better off on my own or that there's something about me that makes me feel unrelatable or unconnect withable. That's not a word, but you know what I mean? Like this sense of constantly feeling like there is a piece of me that doesn't belong here. Mm. And that is something that is so deeply ingrained in us on a cellular level for star-seeded souls, higher dimensional beings, most of the time, innovators, creators, artists, entrepreneurs, people who are here to think outside the box, who are here Mm -hmm. to innovate a new paradigm and a new path will feel like they don't belong inside of this earth, which is still holding a very old paradigm. And then the last piece that they said was sacrifice. Mm. This is the money. It's like, you, you're not spiritual if you're pretending that poverty consciousness is the flex. Like it is not the flex to be playing in poverty. It's not the flex to have this mentality of, well, I'm going to undercharge because I'm a healer, I'm a helper, and I don't want to make my offerings not exclu- inclusive to others, Like, or that I'm going to do all of these acts of service for free to the detriment of me. And a lot of very sensitive folk have this like Christ programming. Like I need to die on the cross for something holy in order to feel like I am enough that Mm -hmm. I've done the work. It's Christ programming. It's like Mm -hmm. I've died. And this is so ingrained in me. Like I've struggled and it's been so hard. So I deserve my karmic reward. And so cellular, it's like a passage through the portal of death. Like I'm, I'm ready. We Mm. feel it's like, we don't feel the frequency of abundance. Like we did in these higher dimensional realms. We don't feel like we have these higher connections that help us feel like we're not left out in the cold. And then that we don't have to give everything in us, like leave our body behind, leave our mind behind, leave our spirit behind to have all of the riches that we came here to experience. And so it sounds to me, you natural star seated soul, you that you feel like what everybody else really feels. So if you're an innovator, a creator, an agitator, like you're here to rattle some cages, it's very likely that you feel one or all of these, like to your core, like in your bones, like it is so physically connected to you because it's what you're here to shift for the paradigm of the globe. Mm. Mm. I love it. And I love it. And it's it's not supposed to feel good if we're here to break through it. Otherwise we would just acclimate to it. Mm-hmm. We'll accommodate ourselves. And yep. we're not meant to, to just tune into the paradigm we're meant. But as human, and sometimes it, it takes a lot in our process of awakening, there's so much like, and it's always a, a process of like awakening and reawakening and re, like every kind of, of state into which like we open ourselves to even more and more and more that exists in us. But I so because you said that three or four things and I'm like, I'm all of it. Sign me yep. up. That's me. Yep. Yep. That's talking me. And I remember I was in a, a moment I was in my bath. I was doing breath work. And, and I remember like, okay, I said like, okay, it's time for me to go really deep and meet like 
I felt so abandoned and uh, abandoned and alone. And I was doing the breath work. I'm like, it's time for me to meet um, who I'm, I really am. Like, I don't understand. I feel left alone on hurt. I feel like we just left me there and everyone is gone. You know, like I feel so much alone and I was in my back, like crying naked and just like <laughs> doing breath work, of course. And of course, that, of course, <laughs> of course. And I said, like, there's this portal happening and there was like this, this, you know, the, the, the ship came like, are you ready to meet your father? I'm like, I am. And he came and I'm telling you, Vic, I started crying and I, I just saw like this, this wonderful and beautiful man and like with this a king, you know, and, and I was like, Okay. And he said, like, I, I don't remember words to word because I was so like into this moment, but it was more like, this is just an illusion. And you're coming in here that you're supposed to sense you're not alone, but there's people here, but you have to activate your signal. So you can, we can bring you back to each other. Like you're not alone into this and it's normal. You feel like you don't belong because you're bringing something that is bigger and beyond what was already here. Otherwise, you would just acclimate. It's not your, your mission here. You chose this. And he showed me the moment I decided to come in here really excited as a soul. I'm like, who the fuck am I? I was really excited. I didn't know what was going to happen. And he said to me, no, you knew. And you were excited for this because you knew where you were going with that. You know. So I think there's this really rooted and ingrained in us, this, this memory of like this abundant not separated space and i love it and i think everyone who's listening to us actually when i would we feel seen and held I hope, so. I hope so because it's the thing that we think makes us the most separate than than everybody else but it's actually the thing that makes us feel the most at home that we don't belong to this earth but we do belong through this earth we are here to support this earth in raising her frequency and we do that by coming home to ourselves. And this brings up a, the story of the first time I connected to my spirit guides. Mm. And it's, I, it brings tears to my eyes because it was, it was the most healing thing for me in my mm. life. So I was living on a cruise ship playing Mary Poppins for Disney in the evening and then <laughs> meditating in between shows because meditation started to become medicine to me. It was mm. the thing that I implemented immediately once my spiritual awakening began. Because mm. it was the only place that I actually felt like it's calm here and I have control here and I'm, I'm, I feel peace here. And so my meditation started to get really strong. And I believe the reason why I was able to develop all of my psychic gifts was because I didn't know what the F I was doing. I just liked meditation. I didn't know about clairvoyance, clair I didn't know about that yet. And I think sometimes ignorance is bliss. And I found bliss through ignorance because I wasn't trying to get anywhere. Hmm, funny how that works. And so in my practices, I was in like a little cabin. Like I live on a cruise ship. The air is filtered. It's not real. And so I started to feel this like presence, like this energy on the left side of my body. And so the skeptic in me was like, okay, I'm just going to meditate somewhere else. I'm going to try to meditate somewhere else and see if I feel this. So then I sat up on my bed. I would usually meditate on the floor. I was like, oh my God, it's still here. Oh my God. It's still here. So I kept this skeptical practice going for a while until one day I was super deep in practice. And at this time, I didn't know I was astral traveling and connecting with beings from extra dimensional, higher dimensional worlds. I didn't know. And this mm -hmm. voice came through and it was like as real as he was like physically right here. And he's like, my name is your grandpa, Joe. 
I am your spirit guide and I have been here with you your entire life. <sighs> and I've never met my grandfather in my life. Like I could feel his presence. He's always, he's one of my guides that's, um, that's always around. And I'm now bawling. Like it was the most unconditional love I had ever felt in my life. And it was just, it was uncontrollable how moved I was. Then I sm smelt this like scent of campfire. It was like really, really poignant. It was very, very strong. Like almost as if I was sitting in front of a, a crackling fire. And mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, once I kind of brought myself out of my practice, I ran upstairs and I called my mother. Who's her dad was my grandfather, Joe, who had passed before I was born. And so my first intention was to call my mom to see if before I had forgotten, right? Your kids are intuitive right now. They're psychic. Before I had forgotten, did I talk about my grandfather ever? And so I ran upstairs and I called my mom with service. And I was like, mom, did I ever tell you I talked to grandpa ever as a kid? And she said, yeah, you always did. You would always say, grandpa's here, grandpa's here. Mm. And then I was like, did I ever tell you he belonged somewhere on my body or I'd see him somewhere? And she said, you said he lived on the left side of your body, that he mm. sat there like a presence on your left side. And we would always go camping every single year. And it was something that I remember, probably the fondest memory I have of my father, she says, because we'd always go camping. Mm. And in that moment, it was like <sighs> light, bulbs, light bulbs, light bulbs, like, we're starting something new now. Like th there is a new path that is opening up. And I think that's where a lot of my confidence comes from was because it genuinely saved my life. Mm. It's, I do not believe that I would be here as an addict, a very open pill popping addict who was unbelievably attached to toxic relationships and feeling and finding reasons to feel constantly abandoned. If it was not for that moment that I connected with my spirit guide and it, since then, he's been my guiding light. Now, I uh, most of my connection is through extraterrestrial beings. Yeah. So I have a dimensional council that I talk to. Um, they're called the Arcturians, if people know or don't know who they are. And they are like my rock. Like, they are my peeps. And so I found this healing through that, that initial moment where I was actually ready to receive what was always there. What was always there was my grandfather was always there. I just wasn't in a dimensional perspective, surrendered enough to be able to allow that timeline in. And so similar mm -hmm. to you, we have these moments when we're ready to receive what's always been here. And yeah. when we do, we realize that this invisible world is so much more powerful than this physical world. It's like, it's, it's bigger. And this is what I always say, like healing is not something you discover. It's, it's, you remember yourself. Yep. You just remember yourself. And for me, like my, my biggest opening was like, I had this accident. I was in Costa Rica five years ago. I just, I was just having my son. I was not born yet. And I, I wasn't in a, in a VTT accident. Okay. Like, oh. uh, so big, I was like, we were driving like 80 kilometer, didn't have a, um, anything on just my element. And I was in bikini Costa Rica and we were propelled and I was just flying over. And then I went into a coma, but I remember being on the ground and the ground is like red, fucking hot. I just remember seeing my husband crying over my body. Like what is happening here? You have no services because like it's, we are into the jungle and like we were running so fast and then we need to call the ambulance, but there's no one, there's no service. And like, everyone is just like having this time and I'm just flowing over my body. And I remember like, I have chills. And I remember saying to myself, like, and that was the moment I was an addict, like not an addict into which like um, the drug I was, I, I just 
transfer this addiction through work at that moment. You know, because I, I stopped it because I had my kids and that was my promise. But what I didn't see is like I just transferred it into work now because and I was over giving myself over, over, over. And I was working like 24 seven all the time, working, 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 like really alcoholic working. Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then I was seeing myself underground burning. And the first thing I said is I cannot go. I have to work. <laughs> And, and then I was just propelling to a white space chamber, actually. And a man came and said, are you actually seeing and hearing yourself right now? You don't want to go because you have to work. What about your kid? <laughs> and what about your life? And what about this? And now you're this at this to, to die. Like you're about to go. And I remember starting to crying. I was crying, crying, crying and saying, like, I didn't even see myself. It was so unconscious. Like, that was the first thing that came through. Yeah. And I was into this white space. And he said, are you willing to change? Mm. And are you willing to become you and to learn? Because you can go back to the body or you can choose to go. Mm. Choose. And I remember, like, taking this moment, choosing to come back into my body. And I woke up three days later in, in a bed in the hospital. That was the most. And after that, I said to my husband for six months, I think I, I came back into the wrong body. I was so much different in my consciousness that I, I was saying, and my husband's like, oh my gosh, she's broken. She's broken. <laughs> she's broken. <laughs> I was depressed from coma after that. Yeah. I couldn't stay out of bed. I was just eating like um, Thai Express, like eating fucking like Thai all the time. <laughs> depressed in my bed my kids was two and I was every time I was waking up I was just saying I think I made the wrong choice I'm in the wrong body and I was all the time and that was actual a, mo a moment and I remember what snapped me out of this is my kid came he's, he was two at that moment and he said that's enough <gasps> he took my blanket and he said that's enough wow and I'm like, and I started crying. I'm like, who are you? And I, I swear he was shining and he said, there's people needing you. He's too, he never talks. Like, he, he. and I'm like, my husband was there and he's like going like white. And I'm like, okay, that snaps me out. Yeah. I, I just step out of the bed and I'm like, okay, okay. And then just move. So this moment where you really embody this energetic, it's so much bigger. We're supported. We're, we're watch over. Like we're guided. We're so, we're in beyond. Like there's this world that exists within us that is there to guide us and to just help. Like if you're willing to open yourself to this, to see it, to let it come through, to, yeah. to just, it's not just about embodying first. Like are you willing to just start to connect with it? to see it and I, that's what I was always saying to my, my son I was saying like because he was always afraid of the dark and <laughs> me, too. <laughs> me too like you know grandmother like downstairs and she's like oh do you want to go just take something in the fridge like no you go I don't go there it's it's dark it's just like there's nothing there there's a lot of people there I don't go there I don't go and I, my son was the same like every time it's it's black he's like can I have your cell phone for the flashlight because he doesn't like to go and one day he said to me like I'm not afraid of the dark I'm afraid of what I cannot see in the dark 
And I'm like, mm. that's it. That's actually it. That's what we're all afraid of. You're right, babe. That this is what we're afraid of. It's what we cannot see because we don't trust yet. Yep. That's the feminine, right? The feminine mm -hmm. is the moon. So the moon, the, the perception of the moon changes based on the cycles of the sun's reflection, but the moon is always full. Mm. We are, the, the spiritual world is always here, regardless of your perspective of it or your resistance or acceptance of it or denial of it. It's always here. But mm. in my personal opinion, the, the thing that fills in the gap of constant seeking and searching and looking for an answer for this world belongs and lives in spirit. It is. The answer is not in the physical world. It's in the spiritual world. And people will spend the rest of their life wishing they had more time to say the thing that they wish they could have said to somebody who passed through. Think about how many years people spend in grief because they think somebody was gone too soon. The amount of time that we spend misunderstanding manifestation and how things happen in this world, or even why we're here, like what the purpose is of this life. I feel like we're all trying to understand what they can't just be, we come here, we live and we die. Like there has to be more. And spirit is that peace. The spiritual world is that peace that fills in the whole picture. All elements, all pieces of this world come together when you have spirit, F full picture, full mm -hmm. picture. Because then it's not like, I wish I had more time. It's like, what's time? Time's a concept. It's like, <laughs> oh, you know, they passed through the veil. It's like, let me close my eyes. I can bring them through. It's so like mm -hmm. there's no separation between us and infinity because we are an aspect of infinity. And that's what spirit fills in the gap for us. Mm -hmm. When there's no more seeking and searching for something because you are everything. That's what opening up and accessing what happened for you when you started to pass through the veil gifted you. My grandmother had a similar experience and she remembers it like vivid her dad came through in in a spirit guide was like you have two choices he was like i don't want to go i have things to do and her father who came through as a spirit guide said something like you don't ask me if you can die or live you got to ask him and he pointed upwards like to source and then she immediately entered back into her body and mm -hmm. she doesn't talk to a lot of people in my family about it because well people think that she's crazy but when <laughs> i started to own the fact that i was insane to some, but to me, probably the most sane person I know, I feel like I am absolutely completely sane and everybody else is insane. Yeah. <laughs> and I brought that to the forefront of my family being like, this is who I am. I'm, I was a musician who was always psychic, but just thought that she was a musician and a musician only who turned into an artist. And that artist was the same thing. I was always connected to spirit. I just thought it was coming through this mode. And now I'm here and I understand and I'm saying, and I'm clear, it started to bring through people in my family, like my grandmother, who was like, I had a near-death experience, and me too. Thank you for saying this. Thank mm. you for bringing this through. This changed my life. I see my mother everywhere. And it's true. When people pass through the veil, they always come back to deliver gifts, presents, remembrances of them. You know, the smell of their cookies that came through your senses in one random moment when you were grieving. It was like, whoa, I could swear I can smell my mom's cookies. Like that is the piece that heals everything, in my opinion, from this constant seeking and searching for an answer. I love it. I love it. And people like 
Oh my God, a lot of tearing eyes. Hello, hello. Oh my God, wow, so, 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 so true. I love it, wow, I love it. Yeah, I think a lot of people are resonating with this. And I think it just brings it to full circle into which like, I think the, the greatest piece right now with what we talk about is really about opening ourselves to this. And as, as, as this, like we're bringing a service to the world, but our lives are the code of it. And like the more you're enjoying and the more you're bringing like your presence into the now and you're opening your space to this infinite that exists, it's, 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 we are part of it. Like it's not separate. It's not you access it. You are it. And it's so different because this is our, still our primal part. I want to separate ourselves from it, yep. but we're not like, it's not like there's something that I can connect to. It's, it's you just connect to you. The infinite is you. It's part of you. It, it exists. It's it's not just in you. It's it's you. It's it's in your multidimensional being that exists. I love it. A lot of people. It's freeing. You think of it like an onion, as opposed to like, you know, something where you're adding on layers. It's not like you're putting on clothes. It's like you're taking something off, and then in the core of you, beyond all of these illusions that you have created that you think are you becomes this core being, and this core being is whole, perfect as it is, infinite intelligent has the codes to every single thing that you're seeking outwardly so it's more about taking off than it is about putting on and when you see it that way it's not about more information more things in the external world more material things it's actually <laughs> less less and less and less and less and less until you become the frequency of everything and from there everything comes from pure desire as opposed to lack thereof I love it. Yeah, it's a process of unlearning. So then you can yep. become more and have more and bring yep. it more. I could yep. be here with you for hours, ladies. Ah, this is amazing. Thank you. Yeah, that was an incredible conversation. And that just actually went on the opposite of what we believe we were talking about. <laughs> Isn't that what we said, though? We said that we were not going to, we were going to have some ideas, but it was very likely that we were going to have no idea what the F we were going to talk about. And that, that's where we got, we went. And I love it. I love to have you in here. You're always invited to come and just have these conversations. And a lot of, a lot of people has resonated with this and like this part of us that is so much bigger is not, I think it's not enough talk and bring up front, you know, like this part of us that creates the more and the wealth and, and the, the impact is also connected to spirit. It's also connected to the infinite that exists in us. They are not disconnected. It's not either this or that. And sometimes you are like this woohoo woman who happens to be wealthy. It's like it's all connected. And you can be conscious about it or conscious, but it's always there. And when you look at it, the more people are wealthy, the more connected they are. Sometimes not consciously, but they are still really connected to the tuning of it. Yep. And I love it. I love that you bring it up. I love it. How do people let in infinite amounts of wealth? Well, they become a frequency for infinity. How do you become the frequency of infinity? Well, you allow infinity in. You let your spirit in. So even if they're not, like you said, conscious of the fact that they're doing it. When I see somebody with magic money, magic wealth, magic results, it's because they're connected to their spirit. It's a simple fact. Yep. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. Love you, amazing woman. Love this conversation so much. Oh my God, everyone. Thank you, Vic. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And my team's going to drop again all the links for following you everywhere. Is there anything you wanted to finish on? No, I trust that if if people felt like they found resonance, that they'll find me. You know, like I'm going to let their spirit come find me and come find the things that I do and who I am. And I trust that. I love it. Thank you. I love you so much. Thank you for me. I love you. Thank you, everybody, for spending time with us. Yes, thank you. Bye.
Bye, love. <laughs> if you want to be live in the audience for this conversation, or even catch the replay for this one, join us in my free Facebook group, Sacred Heaven. The link is in the description of this episode. I love you, and I can't wait for you to feel how truly beautiful you are.